Welcome to the State of America Road Report. With your hosts, David Hudson and Ian Rice. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the State of America Road Report. This is a very special road report because it's coming live to you from the road. We are on the road at the Rock and Pod Expo in Nashville, Tennessee. We are live in the hotel lobby right now, which might account for some background noise if you're hearing that. But more importantly, we are here with two very special guests of ours. Joining us for the road report is Mr. Jason Johannes of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. He was at the August 3rd show in Cincinnati, Ohio, at the Riverbend Amphitheater. Jason, lovely to have you here. Thanks for having me here. It is great that Brian and I, my, my co-host from the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast, the creator, is here standing next to me, giving me support while I talk to you guys, because I know how mean you guys can be on these interviews. Yes, this is a very momentous occasion. We're all here together. Brian, if I get bullied, please step in. Uh, I'll take care of business if need be. <laughs> Thank you. Brian, it's lovely to have you here also. We... We are going to be doing a kind of crossover, all things blues and Southern rock and State of America episode, so look forward to that in the very near future. Thank you for having me, guys. It's, it's, it's wonderful to be here. Damn proud to be here, and damn proud to be doing this with you guys. This is, uh, this is the, the tops. It, Thanks, fellas. And everybody's much better looking in person than on the screen, too. <laughs> I will say that. Oh, thanks, man. You're making me blush over here. You know what? Man, the bar's low. <laughs> the bar's low. <laughs> True. I, I speak for myself, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool because obviously we we've, we've never met you guys, and so uh, I picked Brian and Ian up at the airport last night. So I had a a visual on them, and then <laughs> you text me like I'm about ready to walk in. So Ian and I are standing at the lobby for like 20 minutes, and I'm like, was he walking in from Knoxville or <laughs> or what? And then I was like, you know, I've never seen him from the waist down. So like, is he going to be five foot tall? Is he going to be six foot five? Right in the middle. And he's completely average. Completely average. Just under six feet, brown hair. Just, I'm very average, so I look like everybody else. I forgot my bouquet of roses that I was going <laughs> to present to you but when I Ian, saw you. But Ian, you did say you did recognize me walking up to my hotel room. That's right. Yep. I thought it was a hallucination, but it was not, <laughs> but I discovered later. I must have snuck in past you guys because I had two loads of stuff to, to take with me. Well, one of the cool things is, and I told Ian this, Random stuff is going to happen while you're here that's going to blow your mind. And uh, we have a forthcoming episode. We've already had one of those moments. But we're sitting there just talking, sitting actually in the hotel lobby. Carmine Peace is just standing right behind us, one of the greatest drummers of all time. This morning, Ian and I are having breakfast, and we look Vinny Apices across from us. We've already seen Mark Goodman just go into his hotel room. Yep. I was there for that. So uh, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. We found out supposedly John Five is going to show up. Yeah, I mean, one of the, uh, not the promoter, but one of the organizers said they met him in the airport last night, and he says if he gets a chance, he'll stop by. How great would that to, to grab John Five and talk to him? John Five is a fantastic talent. It would be awesome. It would be awesome. But speaking of fantastic <laughs> talent. Why we're here. Yes. You were at that 
wonderful, wonderful Riverbend Amphitheater show on the current Shake Your Money Maker tour, and we are very anxious to hear your opinion of this, so uh, we could jump right in. All right, Jason. <laughs> yes. We ask everybody this. Okay. When the tour was announced on a scale of 1 to 10, what was your anticipation? And then what was your opinion of the show after you left on a 1 to 10 scale? Very good question. My anticipation was a ride around a 6. Listen, we've all heard uh, Shake Your Money Maker forever. We know what those songs sound like. We know they're not doing any extended jamming or anything like that. I kind of knew or expected what to go in. Coming out, eight and a half. And that is inclusive of being very surprised by the Shake Your Money Maker material. You know, Jason, you're the third person that's had the exact same six to 8.5 rating. Well, and I, I promise you guys, I listened to the first road report because I wanted to hear about the first freaking show, right? And because I knew I'd be doing this, I didn't listen to the other ones as not to be influenced. So that is my own opinion, not anybody else's. I think it's encouraging, though, for people to hear that you might have been going in with maybe not the highest expectation. You didn't know what to expect, and then you came out of it feeling real strong about it. I mean, I think it's a real testament to the tour and what they're doing and the strength of their performance abilities right now. It is. It is for sure. And, like, how the new band members played. And listen, they added the background singers to this again. And my biggest beef with the last couple of years of the Crow shows is they took the background singers out. They are integral parts of the sound of that band. And Sven and Jackie or Sven and whomever singing harmony, but vocal harmony, doesn't do it. I'd love to have them that back. So that definitely helped. And we'll get into it when you guys run over the songs with me. But there were a couple key songs that I was really surprised about. They ended up being the best, I thought, of that set, and I was surprised by what they were. Now, speaking of new band members, I was interested to know how you felt Isaiah did with the uh, lead guitar spot. Isaiah was awesome. Like, his slide playing was really good, but, you know, on the uh, Shake Your Money Maker material, there are, there's not, like, a lot of really great lead guitar work on it. You know, not a lot of big solos. You know, if you even go to Hard to Handle, Hard to Handle's not a great solo. We all know it, but when you listen to it, I mean, it's not really anything special. Twice as hard, the same way. His two biggest struggle points for me were twice as hard and hard to handle just because there is not a lot to be done with them, and he really didn't make those his own. The songs kicked ass, but as a lead player, for, again, the Crows were young in their career. You know, Jeff Cease was playing. Jeff Cease didn't even play the solo on Hard to Handle. You know, when the producers had to play. Brendan so. O'Brien. Yep, Brendan O'Brien. I think he, he, did, he did admirably. It was the second half, the so-called all the hits is where he really shined got to ask you, did the umbrella start the show off? The umbrella, absolutely. Well, first was a, uh, a jukebox babe dancing, putting money in the jukebox and a little intro. And then Chris was hiding behind an umbrella on the stage. He was there in his silver dancing shoes. The two tracks that really, 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 to me, sounded the best and got the most amount of fan response at the end of the song, not the beginning, Sister Luck and Seeing Things. Those were emotional, played well, had a lot of... Uh, you know, nice input on it, and it kicked ass live, man. I couldn't believe how good those things sounded live. Well, we were talking earlier about how those lyrics at the time they were written were kind of heavy for guys of that that young, that yeah. age, and so they've kind of maybe grown into those lyrics now. They kind of have a different perspective. No, it's a super good point. I mean, right on, right? These, these dudes are in their 50s now. They've actually seen things. They've actually felt heartbreak and emotion. So when they sing those songs now, you can truly believe they've had those experiences and it actually comes across in the songs. And that's what made them so powerful, too. Not only was it musically good, but you had that emotional thing. And, like, I was genuinely surprised 
how good those songs were and how much the audience, knowing a lot of the audience was very casual fans, like they were in by the end of the songs. It was great. Well, one of the, obviously the most rare song that's being played was Strutton Blues. Yep. You know, as Steve Gleason said, this is their ACDC song. Absolutely. It was their ACDC song, man. It like, it has those beats and it just, it kicked ass live. And I don't think I've ever heard that. Play, they don't really play that song live ever, have they? I think not since the money of the first tour. Yeah. No, it, it was pre, it was pretty good. It was it was pretty kick ass. Before we get to the moneymaker songs, everybody wants to know about the crowd. The crowd was great. Riverbend is a big outdoor amphitheater. You know, it's got the pavilion seating, it has all the lawn seats, so there are a lot of people. It's about ninety percent full. Like I was very surprised because when Dirty Honey was out there, it wasn't very full. I was sitting in the pavilion. When who was out there? Dirty Honey. Oh. Dirt, what did I say? Dorothy Honey. Dorothy Honey. Yeah. She was she was in a lot of films in the twenties. You know, I'm also ta- using my talking voice. I have to get my podcast voice on the one that I do with the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. Can you hear the difference? <laughs> Cheap plug. Tighten my jaw. Um, when Dirty Honey was out there, there was you know it wasn't very full, so I was I was getting concerned. Like me, it's going to be like 50, 60 percent of the people. But right before the crows started playing, it filled in, and it was about uh, 90 percent full, which is a lot. Which seems like Dirty Honey's winning over people. They are. Uh, I was a Dirty Honey fan going into that. I've listened to the material. I've I've been I've been a, a you know a fan of theirs. I like their show. The lead singer can absolutely sing. He did a really good job. The only thing that that really detracted from me was I thought the guitar solos live were a bit derivative of themselves. Really worked the hell out of those pentatonic minor scales. I think they've got a really 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 good chance of growing into a great live band. I love that they, they bring guitar rock back and that classic kind of rock sound that we like, uh, but I think they're going to they're gonna grow into their live show a little bit more, and they have the talent to do it. You know, it just kind of struck me, like, I can imagine, uh, you know, in 1990, somebody that went to see Aerosmith having this com- same conversation about the Black Crows <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, the, the Dirty Honey guitar player is extremely talented, and he cranked Les Pauls, which I love, but, you know, he had the Aerosmith and the Slash thing going. I think he needs to have his own thing going. Which you can do. I mean, they were a really good band. I can't wait to hear more from them. Uh, they also played Last Child by Aerosmith and Kicked Ass. Cool. Yeah. All right. So we obviously have three new band members. Mm-hmm. Joel Robineau on keys, Brian Griffin on drums, Isaiah Mitchell on guitar. Talk a little bit about each one of them. Uh, Robineau was awesome, man. Like, you know, Chris high-fived him at one point and kept going back to him and giving him looks. So that was good. Uh, Brian Griffin, you know, he's, he's really solid. He's a good drummer, but Steve Gorman, Steve Gorman, he's the one guy all but for a couple of weeks has played with them forever. So it was really hard to kind of accept somebody else. Isaiah Mitchell is good. I mean, he's a good guitar player. The Crows have had so many guitar players over the years that I'm used to a rotating cast of guitar players. So I had no issue. I mean, Isaiah's good. Joe's good. Brian's fine. And, you know, we do have to mention a uh, friend of the show, Mr. Sven Pippian, how was uh, how was he? Oh, I mean, Sven, Sven, right? Like, dude, he plays those bass lines and sings those backgrounds and just is cool as shit. And like, when they were announcing band members, I screamed Sven's name, and the people around me kept looking at me like I was insane. So I was around some of the casual fans, apparently, but any true hardcore Black Crows fan knows is you got to scream for Sven at all times. Exactly. It's kind of like Charlie Watts always gets the uh, you got applause to. at a. Uh, <laughs> Stone Chef. I saw Rich play solo a couple years back before Magpie at a little club in uh, Columbus. And when they came out to the stage, I kept I screamed Sven uh, to the top of my lungs, and he gave me an eye, eye and a nod, and 
I've been a Sven fan ever since. Well, Sven uh, is very fan-friendly. He is very fan-friendly. So with regard to the second set, the old hit set, I know you're probably a little disappointed because they kind of stayed away from the By Your Side material. I know you're a big fan of that record, but you did manage to get uh, first time played in that. That's a conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, a conspiracy was great. Uh, Chris had a little little canned riff already before he got into it about life and things being a conspiracy, and they came into it, and, oh, man, that song was powerful, and the crowd got into it. I don't know if everybody knew that song, but they dug I mean, it's dug it. A great rock song. And, you know, the By Your Side stuff was a miss. You, you guys, I, I was on the album review with you guys. You know I'm a, um, an apologetic fan of that album, warts and all. And they could have thrown, you know, the title track at me, which was By Your Side. They could have played Kick My Heart Around and Go Faster, if they've already done on the tour, Horse Head, or even Only a, only a Feedback. David, I think that's behind us, right? They're Not on this. Checking, yeah. <laughs> if you guys could have all seen the look of panic we had on our faces and me spinning dials to see what, if we could stop it. Yes. Very confusing. And here's a lot of things happening. Part of the magic of uh, broadcasting live, live or recording live, I should say. Well, I'm really surprised that this is, they took them this long to bust out a conspiracy because lead single off of Morka, it's a hard rock song, and this is kind of what they tend to be going for. This yeah. Time. Yeah, for sure. Like, no, they picked all the gu- guitar tracks for sure. I mean, that, that was what they were going for. That's what they, that's what they chose. So they, all, the, all the hit stuff was great. So all in all, from the, the all the hit set, what was pretty much the highlight for you? Um, well, I'm a huge fan of soul singing. If that song doesn't make you smile and sing and laugh and dance, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> you are dead. So uh, that one was really good. Um, well, I'm, I love Wiser Time. That's always always a hit, but it didn't. I love Wiser Time. It was really weird, though, to not hear the extended jams and stuff that for them to play it straight like the album. It was cool to hear that because I love that song. That was good. Hotel Illness, Sting Me, all good. Um, no Speak, No Slave, powerful, man. But I'm telling you what, you play soul singing for me. Uh, and wiser time, I am, I am in, and the conspiracy tier, cherry on top, which was powerful as hell. I loved it. Now, what was your uh, cover at the end? Uh, Rock and Roll by uh, Lou Reed, and I am not a, I'm not a Lou Reed guy, and I thought that was a really weird song um, to choose, to be honest with you. Not a lot of people know that song. It's got really weird timing on it, particularly on the verse. They had won the crowd over. They had won the crowd over. From Remedy going into that, and they, I'm not kidding, they lost the crowd. Halfway through the song, people started heading for the X. It's no, no what, joke. What cover that they've never done do you think they could do and fit in with this format? That's a good question. L- let me go back to rock and roll real fast. So if they want, look, Listen, those guys have earned every right to play whatever the hell they want to play. Whatever song they want to play, God love them. If they wanted to play rock and roll, they should have probably played it in the middle of that set and brought people back and won them over. I mean, they could have broke out Oh Sweet Nothing if they really wanted to do a Velvet Underground or, or, Lou, or Lou Reed song. Something up-tempo. Everything was up-tempo, so, like... I would love to see him close with Cinnamon Girl. Yeah, I mean, Neil, I mean, Neil Young, right? Neil, people like Neil Young. That would have been good. That was just a really... Not only from being an obscure song, but I'm telling you guys, if you know that song well, it has a really weird timing structure with the verse in it. Almost like... If you didn't know that song, you would think Chris didn't know the lyrics or know how to sing it, but that's not it. He sung it right. It was just weird. Well, I mean, all in all, it sounds like you had a really good experience. Oh, it was great, man. I went with uh, two of my band members and my wife, who was filling in for another band member. 
Typically, once a year, my band will go see a show together. A couple years ago when this tour was announced, we were going to go see this. Uh, but because of all the COVID and rescheduling, one band member couldn't come. So I brought my wife, who is a Black Crows fan. Which but is not- why you married her. <laughs> so for the longtime fans that might be on the fence out there a little bit. You- go. All right, man. That's all that needs to be said. Brian, does this make you want to go see him? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I hope they hit Minneapolis. And uh, winner, if they do, I definitely will be there. And uh, we'll look forward to that happening. And uh, we're going to try to get this up tonight. So if you're, if you're in the Nashville area, come by the airport Hilton tomorrow to Rockin' Pod and come say hello, and we'll give you some free stuff. And I'm telling you, these guys are way better looking than they are on social media. Oh, say. you embarrass <laughs> me when you talk like this. can only go up. Well, I want to thank you, Jason and Brian, for coming on, and we look forward to doing a All Things Blues and Southern Rock State of America crossover episode in the very near future. So everybody... Stay tuned for that, and we will see you all on the next State of Morica Road Report. Come on.